What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the First Timers Podcast Show, where we offer insight, tips, and advice for first time or long time home buyers, sellers, investors, and homeowners. I'm your host, Michael Tampani, Mikey T. Many, New Jersey licensed home inspector, builder, investor, homeowner, and licensed New Jersey real estate agent. Please subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Play, and follow us on Instagram and Facebook at First Timers Podcast Show. So today we have a very special guest, kind of a like a spotlight on a local realtor, um, but you're really not all that local all the time. I got my dude, Tom Crooks, uh, but your name is Richard, right? Oh, man. I see it. <laughs> no matter who it is, whether it's clients, repeat clients, yeah. you know, whatever. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We got Richard, Tom. I don't. We're going to figure this all out because I, there is sometimes I'll look at emails and I'm like, Hold on, am I am I getting this right? Or <laughs> oh yeah, some people have to mess with me about it. So um, long story short, I mean, I'm sure we'll probably dive into this more. But uh, yeah, legally, it's Richard Thomas Crooks the third. Richard that, that Thomas dude Crooks. from Connecticut doesn't really help that out. Also, but you know, <laughs> it is what it is. Exactly. So. Well, now, now it makes a little more sense. All right. So you're a realtor at Douglas Elliman, right? Am I saying that? Right? Yep, Douglas Elliman. Elliman Real Estate, and they're out of. New Jersey and New York City? Yeah, it's primarily a New York brokerage. Um, you know, a lot of people know it from obviously like shows like Million Dollar Listing, et cetera. But yeah, you know, we're probably about 50, 51% market share in uh, Manhattan. Wow. Uh, we're in New Jersey, Connecticut, Massachusetts, Florida, Texas. We just recently expanded Texas as well as Colorado, California. And then our sister company, Knight Frank, is our global presence. You got a lot going on there. Yeah. It's, it, you know, when people kind of say a luxury brand that Douglas Elman, truly is. I mean, yeah. you cater to a, a very high-end clientele. That, that's awesome. So um, your uh, Instagram social site is at tom.crooks.nyc. Uh, how about, uh, is that the same for Facebook also? Yes. Okay. And we'll uh, we'll let you get all your information out there at the at the end of all of this. It's very kind. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what makes you an amazing agent to bring on is that you are servicing two different markets. So we're, we're in the Jersey shore area mm -hmm. and a lot of our influx of, uh, of buyers have come from New York city and you're a part of both markets. And I think that's very unique because many agents in our area, they're not a part of both markets. And, and you've probably seen this post COVID real estate, uh, craziness from two different angles that uh, I think many, many people like myself, we haven't seen yet. So I, I think it's going to be like a, an interesting story. But before we dive into that, sure. I want to know a little bit more about you. Like, what were you doing before real estate? Where'd you grow up? Would you, you know, give, give me the backstory of who you are. Well, it all depends on how much time you want to give me. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. We'll, we'll get the cliff notes version. Yeah, the cl little cliff notes, spark notes, et cetera. Yeah. So, um, I moved, yeah, I moved myself to New York a couple of years ago. Uh, I worked like a small brief stint in Wall Street. I worked for one of those kind of like boiler rooms. You know, you're at the office seven thirty in the morning, making four hundred fifty, five hundred dials a day. You know, oh it, that's just it. It's just like you know, pound go, pound go, pound go. Um, but at that time, I was living back in southeastern Connecticut, where I'm from. You know, if you know, like Groton Mystic area. Uh -huh. I used to commute from there every single morning to Wall Street, and as you can imagine, that's four and a half hours one leg. What uh, every I, I was I mean when they say like you have to do what you have to do and be driven yeah. that that's me in a nutshell. I would have slept in my car. 
Well, yeah. I'd sleep on the train. Yeah. Because you know, I'd have to drive in you know, like 30 minutes to catch one train, take that to New Haven, transfer trains, and then that would take me all the way to uh, Grand Central. Yeah. You know, it, it's whatever. So did, did what that, you had to do. Yeah, I did that for a little over a year. But one thing that I definitely learned is, you know, how to get really comfortable on the phone. Because, I mean, you have to call people that own like a deer feed plant out in the middle of the country and say, hey, listen, like, you know, here's a couple stock pitches, et cetera. And, you know, trying to open them up, you know, make a $50,000 account like that over the phone. Yeah. And, you know, I brought in, I don't want to disclose how much, a fair amount of business uh, for the people I was working under. And it was kind of one of those things that say, hey, listen, we'll sponsor you for your Series 7, which the book is about. I don't know if this can be seen me or not, but it's about <laughs> like a three-inch book. Yeah. And like, all right, hey, your test is on Thursday. The book is on here on Monday. Um, you have three days to tra- uh, study for it. And the first thing it says is you have to allocate like so many hundreds of hours to studying. So like <laughs> this kind of set you up for failure. It's like a yeah. little golden carrot over a punji pit, basically. So after that didn't work out because, you know, no one can pass in that short of time. I think I got a 34 the first time in my test. <laughs> that's, maybe 70. That's pretty good for uh, three days. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, while still working. Yeah, while day, still so. working, pounding the phones, doing a four hour commute each way. Yeah, it, it was it was definitely a little rough. But from there, you know, I got, into, you know, um, printer copier sales, et cetera, kind of a little bit of an easy segue and transition. And I was working with a couple of big accounts in New York. Um, for my most recent company and they just got rid of like 95% of their sales staff. And even though it was like 200% of plan for the year by March, you know, cause the same thing, that was the mentality of just hammering, hitting the yeah. phones. Cause you know, in sales, that's kind of what you have to do. You, yep. you, you have to deal with rejection and you know, we can segue this into another thing is, you know, for any other realtors that you're know, listening when they say like, know your numbers, it's not just like, know your sales, know the markets and everything. Like, you know, like know how many times it's going to, it's going to take no to get to yes. You should get a no to be excited to get, cause you know, the next, you just that one step closer yeah. to getting a yes. Yep. But long story short, got into that. Um, my girlfriend at the time, but she's now his wife, pregnant wife, by the way. <laughs> um, yeah. Just one thing after another here. Yeah. No, keep yeah, growing. We, yeah. We both wanted to get our real estate licenses and uh, see, see where they went. So when that company got rid of all their sales for us, I was like, hey, you know what? Let's just transition into this. And uh, and you were both of, living in New York City at the time or Jersey City at the time. Jersey City. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So um, I was originally when I moved to New York in Bushwick way before it was gentrified. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't get into my nickname, but my nickname <laughs> was, well, actually, I will. Uh, big ass white dude, and uh, I thought it was hysterical, <laughs> but you know, it is what it is. You're and, new to the area that wasn't used to, you oh, yeah, it's there. one of those places like, yeah. oh, yeah, hey, you know, like my parents, like, oh, we should come visit. It was like, I don't want you to see the neighborhood I'm moving into, <laughs> you know, so but yeah, got into real estate, and you really kind of when you get your license, they don't really teach you like how to. They don't do, teach you anything. Yeah, it's like, you know, here's they, put, te- they teach you what you need to do to pass the test. Basically, it's like, oh, can you put your name on a piece of paper? You yes, pass, done. exactly. But exactly. that's just is, you know, you're kind of baptism by fire. Yep. But, you know, learning from that and doing all that. And I've moved brokerages only once. And uh, here I am. So, so that's, wait, that's boiling like seven that, years of life down that, into it. Like, that's a whole months. lot going on in one quick uh, synopsis. Now, going, I mean, you, you definitely, I mean, you were, you've been in the sales path. So since day one. So it's, it's been just offshoots of sales. Um, going from that copying sales into real estate, did you see real estate being easier or harder than, than all the previous, uh, jobs you, you did before that? 
Well, it's definitely harder because you're 100% commission-based. You know, you have nowhere to go. You just, like, basically just go out there. It's like, hey, listen, who has an open house? I can sit. Yeah. You know, do all that. I'll, I'll never forget, actually, and it's funny with this conversation. So my first sale ever, uh, which was me, like, six, seven, eight months into the business after I kind of committed to it, um, you know, I was representing the buyers. We had found a place in Jersey City. We are starting to move forward. And, you know, we was like, all right, you know, we're going to get, you know, the home inspection. <laughs> I had no idea. Like my brokers at the time, they never taught me like I needed a, a, actually a licensed home inspector to go in. So yeah. I just went in like, okay, like I know a couple of the things about construction. <laughs> we go through and the listing agent comes in and say, oh, who's your inspector? It's like, oh, it's me. It's like, oh, Tom, like here, listen, I'm, let me help you out. So yeah, it, 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 that was an embarrassing thing now. But, you know, obviously now you and I have a relationship because, yeah. you know, as my business expands from, you know, Manhattan, Brooklyn to Hudson County, and now I live down here in Monmouth County. Um, you know, you, you need to have and partner with some of the better people in the industry because, you know, you're building a team. Basically. Yeah, everywhere you go. And and you're in like basically three different markets all They're, at the same time. Yeah, all three markets are completely different. They are, right? And it's, it's the hardest thing, too, because people are like, oh, you're spread so thin. How do you do so much? You know, mm -hmm. it's you kind of have to dedicate yourself to it. Yeah, you have to live in the market, know it, but you know, yeah, it's like you know, working with uh, what was it the other day? It was perfect. I was with a nine million dollar buyer in Manhattan, and then I went over immediately helped a first time buyer in Hoboken who was looking to spend seven hundred thousand dollars. Mm -hmm. It's kind, of, it's not like it's you know degrading, but and I don't want that kind of, you know price shaming by any yeah. means. But like going from you know the mentality and the talk the talk, walk the walk, etc., in front of like an eight to nine million dollar buyer, and then going to a first time home buyer. I mean, it's a huge, huge difference. You have to be the chameleon. You have to kind of adjust to the uh, to the environment. Yeah, I mean, I treat every single client the same. No, absolutely. But, but there is, um, you you just have not act differently, but uh, adjust to the client. I guess probably would be a better way of saying it. Now, what was what brought your shift from working NYC Hoboken area? down to the Jersey shore. Like what brought you down to our area? In-laws. No, <laughs> um, no it's damn, damn in-laws. <laughs> I, I, I absolutely love my in-laws and I'm sure you're watching. Love you guys. <laughs> I, I mean that. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm very fortunate, very lucky, but um, you know, my wife and her parents and extended family are from Monmouth County. Okay. So it's, it's, you know, we spent a lot of time, you know, we'd come down for a couple of days, you know, go to the pool, go to the beach, you know, go out to a couple of restaurants. So it was kind of like an easier segue. I'm kind of like learning a little bit by bit. Yeah. Um, you know, like what's the difference between rums and little silver, red bank, Seabright, whatever. Um, now I'm dealing deals in like spring Lake and Seagirt, which, <laughs> you know, a few months ago you'd asked me to put that on a map. I'm like, I don't know where the hell that is. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, so, so your brokerage, I mean, obviously they're like, they're, they're brokered in New York city and, uh, New Jersey. Mm -hmm. Um, did they have any like a uh, foothold in our area or was this kind of like, Hey, you know, you're kind of the pioneer for the company moving down here. I mean, the price point wise, there's the same price point down here as there is up there in, well, some, course, in yeah. some cases. So, and probably the same clients are working both areas. So it, it actually makes sense that you're working in those two spots. Um, yeah. The New Jersey side of the business, it's definitely been, a little bit of an uphill battle. It's because you and I are going to Hoboken for one of our clients yeah. uh, tomorrow. And we're in Homedale right now, right? Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, Doug Selman, 
I absolutely love the brand, what they do. They help their you know agents and brokers so much. And, and that's just, it's, it's an easier segue to kind of get in front of a lot more people. Um, we have an office in Hoboken, um, but you know, there's a couple of things that you can do with a New Jersey based office. It's kind of like a WeWork space. You know, mm-hmm. It's kind of like, even you know, if there's like 10 brokerages in this building. Yeah. So, I mean, I've had so many clients and this happens all the time, at least maybe four or five times a week where I'm talking to a new prospective buyer or seller. And they're like, I, I know what Douglas Alma is. I see her of them. They're like a luxury brand, you know, et cetera, and fluff that boat as much as possible. But they're like, I had no idea you guys were here. Yeah. So that's really it is kind of just bringing that, you know, Hey, like, listen, we're here for you. Doug Salmon's big, uh, biggest you know, competition. And I'd say like similar brokerages like Corcoran, Compass, Core, um, Halstead and Berkshire Hathaway, uh, Halstead uh, and Brown Harris Stevens has joined. So like those brands have already expanded to New Jersey. They have yeah. offices and we have about almost 40 agents and you know, we're, kind of, we're kind of scattered all over the place, mm-hmm. but a lot of the top agents actually that are in New York, they're actually also live in, you know, Fairhaven, Rumson, et cetera. There, there's a lot of people who commute every day to the city that are from down here. And I'm working on trying to get our brokerage to open up more physical offices, like say something like in a storefront in Rumson, maybe a better walk by storefront in Hoboken. So I've kind of taken that leap and responsibility onto myself mm-hmm. with no one telling me to do that. <laughs> but no, but ultimately it will help your business. Um, uh, in the end, a lot of it comes down to you, the agent, and uh, people wanting to work with you. Uh, brand recognition, especially in certain areas, um, it's definitely very important. Uh, I think down here in Monmouth County, it, it might not be. I, I don't know. I, I've been in real estate down here for six years. You, like certain areas, obviously, certain brokerages have a little bit more of a stronghold in certain neighborhoods. Um, but I think the New York City culture is way different than the culture down here where uh, definitely agree with that. Yeah. I mean, like, we're, we're that brand, like the brand you work for has a strong name and a strong reputation in, in working with a certain type of buyer or seller where um, I think native people down here probably don't think of it the same way or they, maybe they do. I mean, I'm not too sure, but working in New York city um, and then working in, Hoboken, Jersey City, and down here. Uh, what are some of the like the big differences in like who you're working with and and how that whole process pans out? You know, from New York City to Hoboken to down here. I know there it has to be a whole different type of almost animal in each location. Absolutely, you know, great, great point and question. Um, New York is a whole nother beast. You know, not only do you have like condos, townhouses, you also have co-ops and condops. And co-ops. Uh, condops? Yes. Yeah, so a condop, um, it can vary by definition, but it's primarily like a co-op building. They'll have some sort of, you know, commercial space in the bottom floor or commercial tenant. And usually that rent will go towards the funds for the board, et cetera. Okay. So like everyone has equal shares, but then the commercial space is kind of in a different tier. Yeah. You know, they pay different management fees and taxes and rent and whatnot. Um, but co-ops, <laughs> uh, where, where do I start there? I mean, you can be denied just based off of like if the board's had you know, a bad day or something, you know, if you went to, <laughs> that's a, amazing. Uh, right? It's, it's insane. Um, it's, so you could have a qualified buyer, you know, your, your seller's ready to go. And then you go in front of the co-op board and they're like, nah, no. Nah. Yep. That's, and that guy's not a fit for our building. Yeah. I mean, they can legally do whatever they want because, you know, you're not buying a physical property. You're actually buying shares. So uh-huh. I'm not saying it's discrimination by any means. I don't want that to be taken the wrong way, but if, 
you know, you don't, if you and I like didn't get along and say I was, you know, interviewing for your co-op, you didn't like me, you can completely deny me for that reason alone. (laughs) Wow. Wow. So, but that's just it too, is that, you know, sometimes you have these board packages that the agents have to put together and they can be anything from like, you know, 10 page piece of paper document, whatever, to something that's thicker than an encyclopedia, color tab, sorted, three ring punch into a binder. You make 15 copies of them, have to have them, you know, like a courier service, bring it right there. Yeah. And on the agents, it can cost us anywhere from a couple hundred dollars to, you know, three, $4,000 for a co-op, just board package. Wow. But you know, that's why the commissions are higher, higher risk, higher things like that. We have to educate those buyers too, because, you know, in those kind of situations, like, Hey, these are the kind of questions you're going to be asked. And I'm dealing with one co-op in Hoboken just so happens to be the only co-op in Hoboken. <laughs> really? And, and you, and you found it. <laughs> of, course, of course. Yes. It's, you know, I, I've, I'm not bragging, but I've got buyers for, I tell everyone else I've got buyers for literally everything. Yeah. So that was the highest and best situation. It's on Hudson street, which is like living on park Ave, in, in my opinion, uh-huh. in Hoboken. And you know, my, my buyers qualified, but we've had a little bit of difficulties with the lenders. So one of my go-to lenders, they just won't do co-ops in New Jersey at all. The next lender, they wanted co-ops uh, for their appraiser, and the only thing they could use is actually other co-ops in New Jersey. So <laughs> it's like it's like us talking. It's like, oh, hey, listen, here's a building here, but you know the comps are going to be based off of things also in Cherry Hill. Or yeah, Cherry, yeah, wherever the yeah place exactly. Is. It's it, not even in the same ballpark. Yeah, so they valued it under like <laughs> way undervalued. So this is a great story. My client's buying it for just a little under a million. Um, so it did go above ask, I'd say less than 10% over ask, uh, got the accepted offer, board approved everything. And they said, you know, use X lender, which we should have just done from the first go. And me being stubborn. Oh, the board, the co-op said use Well, X. the agent said use this because this person's familiar with the, okay, the okay, process. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the lender came back when he appraised it. I've never, I've had like a two and a half million dollar brownstone misappraisal by 3,000. And that story <laughs> is something else, but yeah. This one came in $300,000 short. Oh, my and God. And this just happened like 10 days ago. Yeah. So myself, my lawyer, none of my colleagues have ever had an appraiser go on because at that purchase price, it's 30% under. Yeah. <laughs> so it, we're, we're fighting that, of course. We're switching lenders and they've already working on it. But you know, sometimes it, it, that's the things that we have to deal with. You know, I try and filter and dilute as much BS as possible before going from my client. And anytime mm-hmm. there's a salute, you know, if there's ever a problem, and that's just one thing that I've kind of, you know, proud myself on is that if there's ever a solution, always come back or if there's ever an issue, come back with a solution. Yeah. But that's probably like the bigger thing too is, you know, between those buyers upstate, you know, like Manhattan, Brooklyn, et cetera, Hoboken down here, you know, those buyers are all the same because, you know, once they start having a family, they might want to move to Brooklyn, they might want to move to Hoboken, Jersey City, or, you know, get promotion. They want to be close to the city. And when COVID happened, we saw a lot of people flush out to obviously down here. We saw them like Montclair, Maplewood, et cetera, where those home prices, I mean, they're going 30 to 50, 60% over ask. Yeah. I think that's, in my opinion, a bubble because <laughs> um, what you're getting for it. But again, like that's kind of like the, the lifestyle. And I guess I kind of fall into that myself, you know, going from New York, you know, Hoboken and Jersey City. And now we live down here. Yeah. Expecting a kid. And exactly. Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but double back to the, you know kind of the clientele you work with in like you said the, your your buyers in New York City Hoboken down here um there's a lot of agents you know especially in our area cuz we we have very f- i mean we have a few areas that have high dollar 
you know, uh, homes in the, in this area. Of course. But most of Monmouth, Ocean County, Middlesex, the surrounding area to where we're podcasting is, uh, you know, middle-class basic, you know, whatever, 300, $600,000 homes. So many agents strive to get into those million dollar markets, the $2 million buyer. And, and it, there, there's agents that'll, their whole career, they'll never get there. Um, was that a lot easier to get into that type of uh, market and those type of buyers being that you were from the city where they, you know, being that you were in sales and in and, and Wall Street, was it a little easier to create contacts with your sphere? Because I know it's all about your sphere of influence and then just banging on the phone and just doing whatever you could to be noticed. But, uh, you know, how would like how was that going from, you know, sales into now multimillion dollar buyers? Like, how did that shift happen? Because there's a lot of people I know that are listening or that are like, well, how the hell does that happen? Uh. (laughs) (laughs) So one thing definitely is, you know, being smart about and manage my own expectations. I wish I brought it because I actually have my first commission check framed. Uh, It's Uh kind of important to me. It's $146.08. (laughs) It's so, and it took me like four and a half, five months to get there. Yeah. Um, but getting to that buyer pool and the you know, seller pool, it's not an easy thing at all. Absolutely not. I mean, you have to and kind of piggyback into those New York buyers. They're so much more educated than most agents. And that one client I just mentioned, I mean, he knows everything sale that goes on in his neighborhood, what square footage. He knows I mean, when people live into a building in like five, six years, they know more about it than any other agent's going to come around. Yeah. Um, Getting into that market, though, is definitely tough. It's, you know, my manager in New York kind of just said, focus on a building, focus on a neighborhood, just try and get there. And I'm still kind of tapping into some of those markets. I mean, you have to every single day. But, you know, where you're down here, your competition is, what, maybe 100 agents or so that they can choose from. In New York City, you know, one agent's competition is 38,000 different agents. Mm -hmm. So it's not just kind of like where we go back in a brand. It's also like kind of who you know. And that sphere of influence, like I have a tiny little one in New York, sure, but yeah. it's not like, you know, I'm getting, you know, a billionaire's row kind of buyer out of it, but just getting out there, hammering it out, put your, you know, commission money into marketing, get your name out there, because that's really where it builds up. And like, you know, this is actually going into my fourth year of real estate, um, full disclosure there. <laughs> I'm, I'm starting to see where things are just kind of, you know, it's almost a like compound interest. Yeah. You know, once you do good, you stay on top of your clients. You don't just like, hey, listen, Mike, we're going to buy a house. You put an offer, you get accepted, go into contract. You never talk to me again until you see me at closing. Yeah. I will constantly stay in touch with you. So, hey, listen, like, you know, I saw this. Like, you know, I've learned a lot about construction, things like that. So a lot of the people who are getting into like these townhomes, I love those because every single one's a little different. But at the same time, they're also kind of the same. Yeah. And learning the process, doing all that, becoming a reliable source. And when you get a sale or a new listing, market the hell out of it. You know, make sure your face is out there. And Monmouth County, you're going to see a lot of this ugly mug very soon. <laughs> rest assured. Let's see, you're you're coming to take over, right? Yeah, it, it's that just is because you know, like when someone's like, "Oh, I think about selling my home or I think about buying a place," you know, they're going to go to like someone who's worked with them in the past, et cetera. But you know, it's really just getting out there front and center, just putting your face literally in their face, I guess. Is the best there, way to do it. There's actually a statistic out there that there's, I want to say like 
40 to 45 percent of people that don't go back to their agent for the next it's sale. Yeah. yeah so that one and then there's another one that same like percentage that still agents still haven't done deals yeah and grand the amount of realtors since you know covid has started has gone up almost 25 percent but because you know, people think it's easy it's not at all it's not at all <laughs> to be good at it is not at all i i've experienced the good and the bad in real estate and and in part that's why i even got my license in the first place was dealing with the bad and i was like these these people know absolutely nothing and i'm a, i'm a contractor i know a lot about the home i didn't know a lot about the process and then once i learned about the process i really knew that a lot of these agents don't know anything about the process and as a home inspector there's some agents that i'm helping out like hey this is what you have to kind of do because i can just right. tell that they are lost and they don't want to ask anybody like they're embarrassed or I, I think that's the problem with like sometimes people going into these mega brokerages that don't have that manager or broker there to kind of help teach them what school doesn't teach you um and yeah know, the school's gonna teach you what are riparian rights <laughs> like, yeah, you know, like, something you'll probably never need to know exactly you'll never need to know and and when it comes up you're gonna have an attorney and somebody else there to, to worry about it you know yeah i mean for other agents that are listening to this whether you're new experience or whatnot um always ask questions and that's the best thing if someone says hey listen like you know what is going to be you know price per foot or whatever kind of question just and if you don't know it's fine to admit that kind of thing just say hey listen i'm going to get back to you it, exactly and do it don't just yeah. say it and not do anything yeah but d don't answer questions that you don't really have the answer to oh yeah my wife my wife and mother-in-law always tell me it is probably some great advice never say anything that you don't know like you said because it's always going to come back into say oh mike said this tom said that that's the worst thing that can happen to you absolutely absolutely and i think when so when we were on our home purchase that's what i and was you didn't call me jerk no. <laughs> <laughs> it was way longer than four years ago but uh, but we were I was, I was going into homes and asking agents about whatever i saw in the house and and they would just give me answers and it, I, I knew it was bs and then after a while i would just start messing with them just to see if they knew <laughs> and 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 i was like wow the dishonesty out there and and i came into the process jaded i was like the anti-realtor i was like i can't stand these people oh because once you have a bad experience yeah that i mean like the house we were at just last week i mean that was technically for sale by owner probably because of the same kind of situation yeah exactly and luckily i i ended up working with an agent that was uh super professional and stayed in his lane and he, you know um it gave me a little bit of hope and it and it kind of was like, all right, you know, maybe I'm going to, I'll do this to help the people I know. And, and I, and I've, and I've been able to help a lot of people, but like you said, real estate is not easy. Um, it's especially, uh, for me, it was hard with a young family, camping, coaching, whatever. And that's what made me segue into just strictly home inspections. I was like, well, do you know what people are using me because I know houses. You know, the real estate end of it was like, for me, it came easy, like the values and because I've been in homes for a long time, but I was like, what's more in my lane than just doing the sales end and the sales end is hard because you have to be available for your client. Like you can't, for, for me, like if, if I, if you take on a buyer or a seller, you're saying like, I'm going to be there for you. Like 
if a house comes on the market, I'm going to do my best to make sure we can get in there right away. And I had a lot of, you know, where I wanted to spend more time with my family. So for me, I was like, well, if I just take out the sales aspect and just be there for the, my buyer, the people that would use me to, to tell them about the home. then that just made sense. I don't even know why I didn't click the first time. Like, why didn't you just get into home inspecting? But I'm glad I did real estate first because understanding the process when I'm in there, I understand what the buyer, the seller, the agents, everyone's, I, I understand all those emotions. And I think I'm able to, um, control the situation that day and not only give a good home inspection, but deliver in a way that people aren't scared. It's based in reality. I could give them facts on how it's going to be fixed. Like if things really aren't a big deal, don't make it a big deal. And, um, so I think that's helped my business grow and, but real estate, it's not easy. It's not easy to be a good agent and every good agent I know busts their ass every single day. You have to, when you take one day off, it's going to take three days to catch back up. Yeah. Easy. I'm, <laughs> I was even taking a few calls on my honeymoon. Um, but you know, that's sometimes the, the business it's, you know, I, I'm not at that point in my career yet where I have like an echelon of people underneath me, but yeah, you have to be there for your clients. At the same time, sometimes, like you said, for family, and like I'm expecting my first kid, uh, you know, month and a half. Wow. Um, <laughs> yeah, two months, actually. Um, but, you know, setting those boundaries with your clients, too. Yeah. You know, like a lot of those top agents, you know, like if <laughs> I mean, talking like a couple hundred million a year in sales kind of agents, uh, there's a couple of guys in my office uh, and women in my office um, in Tribeca like that. And they're always like, hey, listen, 730, untouchable, out of pocket. And it's like, all right, I actually respect that. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's, um, that's, but that's like a hurdle to get over in your own head. I mean, I have to say people respect those boundaries more than you realize. Of course. And, um, and on my end now it's a little easier because people are almost on my timeline, <laughs> you know, like when are you available? And I'm like, these are my times and it is what it is where in real estate, it's a little different. Like, especially in this market, if you're working with buyers, something comes on the market, you know, it's, if you're in the game, you have, you're in the game to be on top of it. But, uh, but people do respect when you're like, Hey, it's eight o'clock. I'm hanging out with my family. I'll talk to you tomorrow. They're like, absolutely cool. You know, most of the time. <laughs> so, so when you, yeah, when I you mean, start, it's not all the time. When but, you deal with clients that are like international, that's where it can get tough. Like if, you well, know, yeah, cause yeah. you're on a different timeline. <laughs> exactly. It's like, Oh, it's morning for me. It's like, Dude, it's eleven thirty at night. It's like, <laughs> yeah. You're like, I can't even think about this right now. You know, and and there's times I'll wake up and I'll look at my phone and someone messaged me at four in the morning about a home inspection issue, and I'm like, all right. Before I get crazy, maybe they just that's when they were up thinking about it, and and I'll answer them when I'm ready. But um, well, let's segue actually into like the home inspections and the reports itself. Like one thing I absolutely love about working with you is that. You're extremely professional. You have the recommendations. You have, I mean, I love everything about that you do. That's you know, why we talk as much as we do now. Yeah. Um, and I think that's extremely important too, is because when you can actually kind of boil down and don't have like that, like contractor construction talk in these home inspections, I mean, you can have like the littlest thing for like when these home buyers, especially these first home buyers, because they have no idea what to expect. Yeah. And then when they see these things, like I'm dealing with one on the sell side where they're talking about the ceiling closet the way it was painted 
<laughs> it's i mean listen everyone teach their own right yeah but like i can already if you were to go through that you can clearly tell it's like all right if someone couldn't really reach it with a roller and that's why the texture is a little different but again it's like these small little things like we don't need to harp on that yeah and when i tell my clients say listen like you know nothing's ever perfect not new construction nothing and you get into brownstones i mean throw all your emotions away because if the floors are gone uh, yeah. <laughs> you know we're talking a couple hundred thousand or a couple million dollars in work but for first-time home buyers, I, th I think it's also very important too, is because the inspection report, when you want to ask for those concessions and credits, it's meant to sound worse than it actually is. You know, um, like our client the other day the, with the home inspection report, they were like, "Oh my God, what's this with the foundation crack?" I was like, "Well, listen, you know, like this is going to—it's not really structural. Well, technically, it is, but you know, it's going to yeah, be it's, completely it's done." Exactly. But sometimes, you know, depending on the personality type that you're dealing with they'll just like, Oh my God, I need to get out of this. Mm -hmm. And in New Jersey yes. legally they can, but you know, you put it in such a great way too, that you're like, all right, Hey, listen, like, you know, is this red, orange, green, you know, green being great, red being, Oh my God, but, or gosh, you know, <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it's something that I think also realtors and home, not so much home inspectors, but realtors also need to be prepared to like, Hey, listen, like, you know, this report is X, you know, and you can't ask like, Oh my God, I want, 30% off the price. You know, it, setting those expectations is extremely important, I think, in the process and controlling yes. those emotions. And and that's where a lot of agents don't know how to set those expectations. I could I could tell when I'm going into a first-time home buyer situation, um, if they set those expectations. And I a lot of times agents never even talk to the buyer about like what's that process going to even look like. And when I get there, I'm like, hey. Are you first time home buyer? And they're like, yes. I'm like, all right. Do you know anything about home inspections? They're like, nope. So I know already they, they would have said, oh, X, yeah, X gave me a rundown. They never say that. So then I'm like, See, right. he said, she said. Yeah. So then I, then I go, okay, well, let me, let me explain to you what it's going to look like. Let me explain the report's going to look horrible when you get it. Even if it's a good house, it's going to look, it's lengthy. There's a lot of stuff. But for me, I tell them all the time. If there's anything major, we'll go over it today. If it's not major, it's cosmetic, it's small stuff. Don't even worry about it. It's on your to-do list for later. Only worry about the major things. And the major things can all be fixed. And most of the time they're like, all right, cool. And then for me, it's it's all about the follow-up, being there after the inspection for the phone calls, for the emails. Hey, Mike, what's your top five things that we should ask for? Well, the, it's actually these are the, your top three. Don't worry about anything else. Like that's and 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 giving perfect. them, you know, like hey, and those top three are going to cost you I don't know fifteen thousand. So if you're going into this thinking it's forty thousand, you're wrong. Like you can't get an estimate for forty thousand. Yeah, and you can never ask. Oh, it's like oh, it's fifteen thousand. I'm going to ask for forty. Yeah, no one's. <laughs> and and that's what I tell a lot of times my buyers is hey, listen, if you're going to ask for credits. You have to have somebody come in here and verify that that's how much it's going to cost. Like, don't – I had one ask me about minor foundation cracking, and, and it happens in every foundation. There's minor cracking in every foundation. I have to note it because I see it, but you're not going to pay someone to fix it. Like, like you could caulk it yourself or that might maybe it's a $200 problem. I was emailed back and forth 10 times about – well, what about this foundation crack? And I'm like, it's 300 bucks. If I right, came out there, <laughs> if I came out there, scraped it out and caulked it, give me 300 bucks. I was like, are you going to battle them over $300? Like, 
if you weren't and sometimes i could tell like the buyer is just waiting on my report just to get out of the deal they have either buyer's remorse or i've had it where the wife or the husband one of the other oh, like one of your the, characters too yeah <laughs> yeah one of them purchased the house when the other one never they haven't been there and now they show up and they're like they're waiting on just something that they could get out of my report just to like kill the deal yeah. and i know it and i'm like you know it is what it is you know what i mean i me i'd rather do one inspection for a buyer and they buy that house and they'll refer me to 10 other people i i don't get off on doing 10 inspections for the same person. I feel horrible because every time I end up giving them a discount, like, I'm sorry, I'm back here again, you know, like, um, and I appreciate the work, but, um, but a, a lot of times it's expectations from the agents that aren't given to these people. And I think that leads to sometimes the frenzy that these people get into once they receive the report. And then, you know, if you have certain inspectors that aren't as good as me, <laughs> but there's, there's inspectors out there. And, and listen, I was in class, and out of my class, there's probably two of us that had construction experience out of 21. So you had, you know, 18, 19 people at any given time that was there that they're looking at that book and they're like, I have to find something wrong based off of this book. And then they're going to just hammer down on that and to make them seem significant. And like, that's why you hired me. And a lot of times all that stuff I, as a contractor, I've been in behind inspection reports. I've been like, what the hell really this I'm like, or I can't even find the problem. I'm like, you know, it, so uh, I don't know. I'm going off on a tangent, but <laughs> that's, I mean, but, I, that's my curse too. I can yeah. Like but it's hours. like, it, it does come down to, like you said, setting expectations, laying the groundwork and, and doing your job as an agent. And uh, I, I think that, that matters if you're in New York City, Hoboken, down here. Oh, it's, um, it, yeah. I mean, the clientele is always different. The talk track's the same. It's a different audience kind of thing. Um, but yeah, it's definitely learning that whole process, learning what you can get. And some people are just like, ah, oh, listen, I'm overpaying. You know, like I want to correct the price. And there's a whole slew of different things that can come from that. Yeah. Um, I've only had a handful of deals. I mean, I'd say less than five that people have backed out due to inspections. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, sometimes you see things like, okay, <laughs> there was a brownstone in Jersey city, very narrow. And then they removed half of the top floor without a permit. And imagine this, like they lofted the second and third story of this. And I remember talking with the, um, fireman chief or whatever it was about that because fire, and this is for everyone too, no matter what architectural plans, anything you have hazards, etc., fire supersedes absolutely everything. Yeah. So I remember the fireman saying like, Oh yeah, this isn't a code. If this ever you know tries to close, it's going to get flagged because if a fireman was say if there's a fire, they had to go through the top floor. They have the top story window. They have no idea that they'd fall, you know, 20 feet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, there's things like that, but that's when, uh, homeowners just kind of do what they want when renovating <laughs> well that one was also a very interesting house so once in a while i'll throw things like on instagram just like oh like hey there's a creepy doll here there's you know something bizarre with this property or it could just be you know things left over and i try and you know make sure there's no personal connection to those but that yeah. house had a lot of things that have been featured in that those posts before <laughs> i i can't imagine like so after covid what was it like working in New York City? So down here, it was all about New York is they're 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 leaving, they're leaving, they're leaving, they're coming down here. Um, but with the clientele that you you work with, uh, 
was that the same? Like, was it, was it like the same like vibe you were getting up there? Was it like, do you know, I'm seeing a lot more people not want to buy right now or, or they were pumping the brakes and a lot of those clients were looking down here now. There was a lot of confusion that goes on. Um, but New York, and this is every market in general, everything's cyclical. You know, same thing happened in 2008, you know, um, Sandy, you know, 9-11, even though I was in eighth grade at that time. But when you look back at all like the history of when people say like New York is dead and all these other things, people want to flee away. New York always comes back no matter what. There's like, oh, commercial tenants are down. And, like office occupancy was at, I think, 11% for several months. And that basically included like doorman cleaning staff, you know, et cetera. And it's really important to know those kind of figures too in New York. But when everyone's freaking out, yeah, everyone had deals die. I mean, I had a, at least five, six, seven deals fall apart like inside of a week. And I thought it was death. And that's both like, you know, Hudson County and New York. Mm-hmm. And I had like a $13,500 a month rental just completely like, nope, not dealing with us. Because at that point, that person's job, like his income got cut in half. Mm-hmm. And you know, there's a lot of clauses out there too. So like if someone's in contract, you know, this is outside of anyone's control. So there's a lot of like force majeure clauses and kind of like an act of God, if you will, that people backed out of deals. So obviously like you, you read stories about the Hamptons going nuts. Yeah. Um, obviously like the Montclair. So, and what's interesting actually about like Jersey city and Hoboken is the market kind of remained pretty stable. I'd say more Hoboken than Jersey city, because a lot of people, you know, say like your average buyer will throw out a number of like 1.2 in Manhattan. So if they're like looking Soho, Tribeca, West Village, Battery Park, et cetera, they wanted more space. They just kind of could go over to Brooklyn or you know, Hoboken. And, you know, they're getting more space. They're getting the outdoor space. They're still commutable because a lot of people knew that they're going to go back to New York. Eventually, yeah. Um, I had one, you know, eight figure plus client, um, you know, like 10, $11 million buyer you know, sold one of his places in the city. Um, no, rented it out. I think he rented it. Like, it was almost like 15,000 um, by selling it to someone else or renting it out to someone in the building or like a friend or something like that. Like in a day, it was insane. And then he, we were looking at a couple of different buildings um, in the past, like, you know, the Jenga building, 56 Leonard and stuff. Love that building, by the way. But he went out to Connecticut and he's been in bidding wars, you know, at a much lower price point of like eight to, you know, seven to $8 million. I mean, five offers on properties like that. It's, <laughs> it's, it's insane, mind right? blowing. Yeah. But you know, I also have clients that, you know, they went upstate, they went out to the Hamptons, Long Island, you know, um, I was getting blown up by a lot of other element agents and clients in the city because they wanted to you know, spend the summer, not in the Hamptons because it was $200,000 a month, some unfathomable number like that. But I had people reaching out to me and say, Tom, I want to spend $30,000 a month. I need a pool, five beds, etc." And we couldn't find them anything. Because also with COVID too, it's not just there was a rush out of the city. It's a lot of people didn't want to rent their homes out because, you know, it was, everything was unknown. Yes. Yes. So inventory dropped, demand had spiked, worst case scenario. And, you know, it's kind of tough to really measure all of that, but that's why you have all those markets that were in the suburbs and everything. And I had a client that moved out to Arizona, you know, people also (laughs) went down to Florida. People want to move back up here. New York city was dead for a little bit and it was creepy. I had one or two showings in West Village for a studio that was smaller than this room. I think it was like 210 square feet. Uh-huh. And I could literally, you know, like almost touch wall I, I, to wall. I could. It was ridiculous. It had like a two burner stove. Like I have no idea where you could even buy one of those. And it actually got in a bidding war in the height of, you know, like it was, once it was like June or July, 
when we were able to go back in the city and start, you know, con- you know, conducting real estate, mm-hmm. there was actually a little bit of a frenzy, but it was creepy because, you know, I like focusing on downtown and you'd see maybe 15 people on the street and like downtown Manhattan yeah, in like right? an hour, you see only 15 to 20 people. It was, it was, it was a ghost town for a bit. Well, how, what, what's that? What's that market now look like? What, um, has it already started to bounce back up there? Yeah, I would definitely say it's 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 come back. The luxury market, which is usually what everyone tracks, uh, there's a report. It's almost kind of like you know, in New York, you follow the real deal, which is kind of like the real estate bible, if you mm-hmm. will. And there's also the Olson report, who is you know a report put together weekly by Donna Olson, and it records um, or tracks the market activity at four million dollars and up. That's what they consider the luxury market. Yeah. And I think this is the first week in, oh boy, a very long time that's actually been less than 30. But since the you know, real estate's picked back up and we've had so many weeks that there's been over 30 contracts signed at $4 million and above, which has been a great sign of you know recovery and trajectory for the market. But, you know, you're still seeing like these, you know, 15, 20, $30 million deals being signed. Yeah. So the market's definitely picked back up. And even though a lot of these firms have moved out, like a lot of you know commercial space become vacant, a lot of these smaller companies have actually been taking in an advantage of getting into the city because you know things have become a little bit more affordable. Mm-hmm. Everyone wants New York that New York City footprint. Yeah. So it's been pretty good. I've got one uh, client who owns a very successful small like little um, gastro pub restaurant in West Village. We're looking at places for them to buy from like two to three million dollars, fifteen hundred square feet. Again, crazy numbers. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I mean, we've made, we've called, I think on seven or eight places and they were either in contract or had multiple offers. Wow. And, so it- but you know, I was at, um, in Tribeca the other day and on, you know, Broadway, there's tons of commercial space open, but they also want the moon for it too. Now, how is the, uh, more people walking around it, it does is it starting to feel more like manhattan or is it still oh. <laughs> so yeah um or is it still a little bit like yeah it's not there yet it's, it's still a little crazy i was on the upper west so i think i told you this i was on west 63rd west end ave and i was getting to the lincoln tunnel on 42nd so 21 blocks yeah you know during covid uh, that'd be five ten minutes it took me three hours, <laughs> but you know, like New York is back. The traffic's yeah. back. There's a halal carts throwing food. I'm yeah, gonna, I yeah. actually picked up like a hero the other day. It's like, oh my god, the falafel and white sauce is perfect. <laughs> but you know, there's a guy like shirtless, like boxing the street light. You know, it's, it's it's back. Uh, it's yeah, coming, New York's yep, back. Yep, the craziness and everything's starting to uh, make its way back in there. Yeah, we were, I was walking through uh, with another client in West Village in Washington or Grand Village, Washington Square Park near the big archway. Yeah. And, you know, all the artists are out. There's a dude dressed as a rat. There's, you know, someone dressed as a robot painting. <laughs> That's the best part about the city. Oh, yeah. Bal- I, I get people paint. watch all day in the city. The city is awesome for that. I don't know if I could – for a while I wanted to live there before kids. Now, I mean, I would never. But uh, we had to do, go to a football game in Brooklyn. And, um, oh, that was and, a hike. And it was like the bathroom was two blocks away at another park. And I was like, man, I, I can't do this. I could not. This could not be my reality. You the know, block, blocks are a little bit bigger, too. Yeah, it, you are. it was it was nuts. It was nuts. It was, and the, the field was horrible, but we won't <laughs> even go there. So moving forward. No, we have to. Right. Do you see yourself doing more work here at the Jersey Shore where you're you're calling it home? Or do you see yourself kind of uh, taking that commute, you know, whenever, you know, Whenever you need to. Um, well, I mean, you, you, 
can't turn like a switch, you know? Yeah, yeah. I definitely want to expand more on Monmouth County uh, now that I'm here. And, you know, there, there are certain plans in place, you know, um, you know, it's a part of my business plan with corporate and everything to do a couple, you know, more transactions. You know, we've got a couple things. I mean, I've done um, a, a fair amount of deals, but, you know, that's just it. I need to get my name out there and face out there more and, you know, kind of yeah. like go back to that branding and everything. But I think with the amount of clients, the amount of business I've done in, you know, like downtown Manhattan and uh, as far as like Hoboken, Jersey City, that area, like it's always going to be part of my business. Sure. Um, it's going to get to the point where I'm obviously going to have to expand, you know, build my own team, et cetera. Um, and that's a whole nother discussion, but it, there's definitely going to be a portion of business there because again, like what I was saying is you have those Manhattan Brooklyn couples moving here, then they're going to the burbs and with how I stay on top of clients, it's, it's always going to be a part. Yeah. And plus I have way too much marketing money in that area <laughs> to walk away from. <laughs> no, absolutely. And it, I mean, it's like got got work well travel, you know. Um, yeah. Well, like a, a brownstone came on the market at like seven thirty this morning, and I already have to show it tonight. So, but that that's how it is. It's, yeah. You know, like, hey, it's a repeat client. It's like, hey, can we go get on this? You know, whatever. It's like, all right, let's do it. Absolutely. You, you have to do what you have to do. The drive drives annoying sometimes, but <laughs> you know, listen to I'll listen to this podcast. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> a couple of times. <laughs> but so, you would say that you're one year, five year, 10 year is building a team, expanding your footprint here and uh, taking over Monmouth County. Slowly, but surely. And yeah. there's a couple of people that I'm definitely going to be working on um, market share. Cause uh, I know what I can bring to the table as far as you know, the reach that I have, especially through my company um, and my own. It, it's not to put anyone else down, but it, I don't think there's really another brokerage or individual that has the connections that I have access to. Yeah. Uh, especially exposure. I mean, it, that is something that's insane, but at the same time, like, you know, this is kind of a market where it's like, you know, I'm talking about like Red Bank, Fairhaven, Rumson mm -hmm. specifically here. It's a great market and it's kind of a quiet little known town. Cause when you start talking about the shore, people are like, Oh yeah. Like Seagird, Spring Lake, Deal, Asbury Park, et cetera, Long Branch. And, you know, those markets are definitely picking back up. There's a little bit more verticality there. Um, but, you know, it's a lot more familial in these towns. And yeah. I don't think so much is it's going to be about the brand. It's more about, like, it's that nice, like, hometown America. Like, it's who you know. Absolutely. And that's, that's the, where I just need to put my mug out there even more. Yeah. Hammer down. And listen, you did it up there. You could do it down here. I think if, if you could do anything in New York City, and I think you could, you're going to smash it down here it's a matter of time a matter of time all right well i have a few other questions that have nothing to do with real estate Fair just so we could blue. get just so we could get to know uh, a little bit more about you sure um what's your favorite book oh, i'm not so much of a reader i'm big big dumb brain here <laughs> um <laughs> this, is, this is kind of embarrassing I am more of an audiobook guy, especially because it was like that driving. Yeah, I, I have uh, Audible. Like it's this. the greatest thing yeah. ever. Um, I, I listen to a lot of um, you know psychology behind the sale, the mental thing. You know, brand. I, I'm listening to a lot of things like that. Yeah, I'm, so, I'm the same way. Like I'm in the car a lot, running around. So it's it's aud Audible is like my best friend. Audible is life. Yeah. <laughs> I have to download some new books. That's why I keep asking. Well, they've got like five credits. Like you have to spend them. Like, I know. Hey, I give know. me a better deal. And then I'm, I'm like, can you pause that? I don't even know. Like I have, I have credits. You might be like, able to. 
Yeah, I hope so. Cause I, I'm like building up that I don't have enough time to listen to all these books. Uh, what's your favorite TV show? Oh, so I was a huge, uh, I'm still kind of am a big car nerd. I've always loved top gear when it was the original three guys. Um, mm-hmm. They moved obviously onto the grand tour, which is also on Amazon. This is not a plug for Amazon. But it could be <laughs> if need be. I, I love that show. My wife and I actually just finished the first season of Ted Lasso the other night. I, unbelievable show. I yeah. love the character development. Loved everything about it. Um, just a really good show overall. Obviously, I like Million Dollar Listing. I've been on. <laughs> it, I've been in the background a few times. Um, yeah, I don't Million know. Dollar List. So we'll just go there real okay, quick. Okay, yeah, let's like, go. Like what we see on TV and what what actually goes on is it? I hope no one goes after me for saying that, but <laughs> I'm, I'm sure that some things are like cut. Let's do this one again. Or, uh, there's got to be a lot of there's got to be scripting in some of that, right? I mean, it is entertainment. Yes, <laughs> All right, you don't have to say anything more. But yeah, I've, I've, my wife and I have been in a couple of rooms. I've got one picture that was really funny. Uh, it was a screen grab. It was one of the listings. Um, it's a whole new building, of course. And it was one of those things that we were there and it was like, you know, um, the biggest star on the show, I'll say, uh-huh. was there. Uh, biggest personality for sure, too. And, you know, we're like, oh, everyone stop. We have to, like, you know, say that again. It was like, there's a couple of things that are fluffed. But, you know, these guys are on the show for a reason. I mean, the transactions that they do are 100% legitimate. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, they're, they're all stars. Um, I love talking to them in person. And, you know, because you know, when you, sh- you show, like, some of these higher end listings you deal with a lot of them um like i met i don't know if i want to drop names or not but like a, one of the newer guys um just a month ago also in tribeca with the same buyers with the other day and then i think i don't know if i mentioned that one too it was almost as if like alice in wonderland exploded in this one room like everything <laughs> was pink there was like pink and purple terrazzo flooring purple venetian plaster i mean it was a little overboard and they had already had multiple offers on it it's amazing but I mean, yeah, a lot of them, they're extremely nice, genuine people. That's okay. one thing I'll say about that. But yes, uh, as far yeah. as your question to that, I'm not going to verbally say, but I'm going to. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's entertainment. <laughs> of course. Um, what is uh, a piece of advice that was given to you that uh, that kind of helps drive you all the time? Kind of drives me. So actually, I guess you can kind of go back to a million dollar listing on this one, back to LA. So my wife works for a company, then most of her team's out or she's now a director of her own team, but we used to go out to San Francisco every year because she'd go out there and meet with her boss and a couple of other members of her team. And when we were there, we'd, we'd kind of venture out. And the last time we went out there was obviously before COVID. We went down to Los Angeles, my first time ever going there. I thought I was going to hate it. Absolutely love that town. It's amazing. So it just so happened to be my birthday that day. And I cold called like one of the biggest builders <laughs> and like, who's this one guy from like New York, New Jersey going to get in front of like one of the biggest builders in LA got in touch with him. Um, he invited us to one of his builds. He was building a 14,000 square foot home that sold to uh, Gwen Stefani and. Uh, oh yes. Yeah. They're the country star. Yeah. They're the buyers of that home. Yeah. So he was walking us through and he spent like four hours with us. And he just gave me so much advice. Everything he said, um, I wrote down on my phone. But that guy is extremely genuine. Um, I mean, his wife just recently passed away, and I reached out to him again. Um, so, Evan, if you're listening to this, doubt it, but still here for you, buddy. Yeah. Um, that guy gave me just advice. He's like, listen, like, you know, he's like, Tom, like, what did you do? 
was like, well, what do you mean? It's like, I you know, got in touch. No, it's like, I am a huge fucking deal here. And he's not an ego guy at all. Yeah. Like, you cold called me and you got in front of me and I just spent, you know, a couple hours with you. And the advice that he kind of did is like, just do it. You know, yeah. it's like, I'm not trying to say like the Shia LaBeouf, like meme thing. Yeah, just yeah, do it. yeah. But he's like, you know, listen, like the only person that's going to be in your way is yourself. And that cannot be any more truer. Like I've had a life coach and, you know, still do. I haven't spoke to him in a little while, but, you know, everyone has like these little self demons, um, self saboteur, if you will. Yeah. And it's kind of like when you learn how to control that, that's probably the best piece of advice is just know yourself and just never, ever stop. It's just like, there's no risk if you don't do it. Yeah. You know, like if this was a couple of years ago and you said, Tom, you want to be on my podcast? I'm like, uh, 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 <laughs> you know, it's whatever. Yeah. Like in high school, I was voted most absent minded. <laughs> you know, it's because, you know, like I was more of an athlete than that. But like it, it is what it is. And I was kind of like scared to commit to myself. And that's all I do now. It's just I'm just nonstop. I, I'll cold call people nowadays and just like get in front of them. Yeah. Like I lost a listing pitch recently for another brownstone in Hoboken. And. And he says, oh, hey, listen, I'm like, oh, because you don't have a physical office. I'm like, what the hell am I going to do with this objection? Like, I can't overcome yeah. that. So I called him up again. It's like, hey, listen, like, you know, and I, my nickname just so happens to be Townhouse Tom or Tribeca Tom, depending on where I am. Self-plug. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I, I said, listen, that. like, you know, what's changed? What's going to do all this stuff? Everyone starts to search online. doesn't matter if I have an online search or not. Yeah. And he's like, all right, you know, you're right. So we're all that. And we're, we're opening back our conversation in next week. So, but that's just it. It's like, if I didn't get out of my own head and just say, fucking do it. Yeah. Sorry for swearing. No, absolutely. That's it's what you have to do. Yeah. You know, th there's no one preventing you from doing what you want to do except for yourself. And if you care about what other people think, you know, excuse my language, fuck them. <laughs> it's funny. Yeah. You, you'll see, there's something that I, I, I'm, I always drop a quote at the end of this and it's very related to that. So, but we'll get to that. All so, right. um, well, I appreciate you giving us all this information, telling us all about yourself. Um, like, I think we could probably talk for hours about this, but to wrap this up, let everyone know where they could find you, your phone number, whatever, whatever information you want out there. So people could contact you, give it up. Oh, putting me really on the spot. All right. Uh, so my name again is Richard Thomas Crooks. I'm an agent with Douglas Elliman in New Jersey and New York. Um, my cell phone, you know, do I give this to my cell phone or? Yeah, your cell okay. phone, your, your email. However, <laughs> I'm not interested in renewing my auto warranty, um, <laughs> but my number is 646-983-4776. Um, my Instagram is tom.crooks.nyc. I get a ton of actually inquiries through that builders buyers leads everything yeah um it's a great great tool if you can leverage it correctly absolutely even though i need a, a lot more followers <clears throat> you know what <laughs> i i truly believe it's the quality of the followers that you have that matter more than anything so oh, yeah i mean i've gotten big ticket buyers from just featuring certain buildings all the time absolutely um what else i i, I mean my email is tom.crooks c-r-o-o-k-s at element.com e-l-l-i m as in mike a n as in nancy.com um, and I live in Fairhaven, I guess. <laughs> I love sushi yeah. and craft beer. <laughs> yeah, be on the lookout. You're, you're going to see this face a little more now. Well, I, I never put Jersey my shore. face on my sign or my business card. I just think it's tacky. Yeah, there's people that 
they, they have their whole like oh i know it's like a glamour shot yeah, it's, like it's pretty bad i mean this is off subject but some of these signs have gotten way ridiculous and i'm sure that most of them are not in compliance any longer i i, I think a, a three-letter company ending with p is like the smallest word in some of these uh signs that i'm seeing now oh my god i get recruitment calls a week <laughs> oh that my firm. goodness that is now like that's the new KW. I don't know. <laughs> or there's another one too that I always like, Tom, like we'd love to come. We have so many leads like, you know, coming from our office. We'd love to have you come in. Yeah. It's like, all right, cool. Just refer them my way and maybe we'll talk. <laughs> I, I get them too. And, and I'm like, Hey, I'm really not selling any longer, but if you need a home inspector, yes. <laughs> like we could sit down and chat. And they're like, Oh, thanks. some of these companies, it's just like, you know, get out there and do it. But you know, also agents know your worth, but don't go out expecting, you know, Doug Solomon. I love the company. Like, you know, our, our splits are very fair. It's a lot less than what your competition is, but you can't just be greedy. Yeah. You know, it's like, Oh, listen, I deserve X. Cause I did, you know, $3 million last year. It's like, okay. like, you know, do that every week, you know? Yeah. And then maybe you can talk, but you know, that's the biggest thing too, is like when other agents, cause there's so many people jumping to the hottest flavor of the week. Yes. You know, that broker just, you mentioned yes. one of them. There's a new one out. I, um, I got called from, it's actually, the business I'm in minus a state um, <laughs> and that brokerage, it's just like, Oh yeah, we can give you like 85%. Then you're a hundred percent split. It's like, you know, what am I getting for that? Exactly. You know, are you insured? Am I getting all this? Am I getting marketing benefits? Yeah. Like, well, no one gets benefits cause we're all 1099s, but it, yeah, there's, there's a lot more discussions out there. And if, if any of you agents are thinking about coming to Douglas Solomon, because we're going to be doing a massive push and expansion, we've been around since 1909 for a reason. Um, you know, let's talk for sure. Absolutely. Well, Tom, I appreciate you coming on the show and, uh, and I'm sure, uh, well, we're going to see each other tomorrow and uh, I'm sure we'll see each other a lot more than that. Oh, I'd love to be on the podcast again. If yeah. I'm a lot back. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Anytime. And, um, just great success to you and congratulations oh, to you and your wife on, uh, the baby coming soon. And, uh, it's going to be a big baby. Yeah, and then uh, then we'll talk about how life changed next time. <laughs> oh, I, I, know. I know. My wife is like, "Oh, like you're not prepared." It's like, I, I, like there, I, I, no, I look up, yeah. but everyone tells me it's Listen, like just don't plan because don't plan. Good. It's like you know when you got like, I don't know about you, but when I got engaged, I had this whole plan set up, and then like of course nothing ever happens <laughs> no, the way you wanted no. to, and we got engaged every kid is different. Around. People are going to give you advice that's based on their child and not yours, and uh, and I tell everyone I go. Don't listen to anyone's advice, but listen to this is just go with your gut. When, when all else fails, mom, dad, everyone's going to give you their advice. You know, your kid better than anybody. When they, when you know that they're not right, go to the doctors When you know, something's wrong, act on it. Don't push it off. Just go with your gut and don't listen to other people telling you nah, they're, they don't know. You so know, your kids podcast, first timers in real estate and parents and parents. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks again. And thank everyone for listening to the show. My name is Mikey T. Michael Anthony Timpani as my mama named me. You can follow the show on Instagram and Facebook at first timers podcast show. You can follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Timpani Inspects and my brother company at FTJ Builders Inc. Celebrating over what are we like 22 years this year? A link to all the websites can be found on our social sites. Please leave a review on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google play, wherever you listen to podcasts, share and subscribe to our weekly podcast and message us with any questions or topics you may have, or would like to hear. And if you're a professional that could bring some value to our audience, please contact me together. We can learn and grow. 
So I like to end with a quote, and this is kind of back to what we were just saying, and this is from Les Brown, one of my favorite people ever, Les Brown. If you don't know about Les Brown, like he's amazing. I listened to his audiobook probably 10 times in a row. Uh, don't let someone else's opinion of you become your reality. That is like That's gold right there. So thank you so much. God bless everybody and have an amazing week. Thank you, guys. See you soon.